Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in to Spiritual Insights. This broadcast has been previously recorded. Calls cannot be taken, however. Your comments and questions are welcome via email at spiritualinsightsradio at gmail.com. Enjoy. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio. Featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. Hello everyone, welcome to Spiritual Insights. Thank you so much for tuning in to this, what I anticipate to be an absolutely fascinating discussion because we'll be talking about one of my favorite topics. And if you're a a regular listener of the show, you know that I'll discuss um, various things. And I think the problem that most of us face in life is our sense of separateness that keeps us feeling alone and disconnected from our creator, from those around us, and ultimately from ourselves. But today we're going to discuss numerous ways in which we receive messages from spirit undeniable proof that we are loved and supported always. If you choose to work with this invaluable tool in your waking consciousness, you will find that a whole new world opens up to you and a paradigm shift occurs from which you can never return to your previous level of awareness. Anne Bollinger McQuaid has written the book on how to decipher messages from the world we see. In her book, Everyday Oracles, Decoding the divine messages that are all around us, she refers to these messages as personal oracles designed to offer guidance, comfort, reassurance, and even validation. And these are things we so need when trying to navigate through our lives. Well, without any further ado, Anne, it is such a pleasure to have you on the show with us today. Thank you so much. Charlotte, it is just my pleasure. I've been looking forward to this for months. I have too. And I read the book, and what, what, what listeners might not know about me is I actually read the books. <laughs> so I have to tell you, reading this was an experience for me. Um, I was experiencing synchronistic events as I read the book, which I'll share a little later in the show. I love it. But I wanted to say what a fabulous book this is, and I want to start at the beginning. Um, Personal oracles have been playing a major role in your life for about three decades, and you fully recognize them after your diagnosis of breast cancer. 
So take us back to the beginning about the inspiration and how uh, the events that guided and offered you comfort as you dealt with this diagnosis and also other life-changing events. Well, thanks. I would love to. And, you know, I, like like probably everybody listening, you know, I have had mysterious messages and, and synchronicities and all these things that just felt like they were really purposeful all my life. But they all really seemed random to me, and but I appreciated them and I was comfortable with them. But I started to see the purpose behind them when I had that gut feeling. In my book, I talk about having a gut feeling that said, you better go get a mammogram. And I just I, it was really pressing me so hard that I did and I went in and I found out that yes it was uh, breast cancer they didn't know how what the diagnosis totally was but it was breast cancer so it was really uncomfortable for me it, it engaged like so many of us when we have trauma like that it puts us into all kinds of different states and I it engaged me with the fear of death that I didn't even really know I had so um I was in that little, seemed like forever, but it was probably about a two- or three-week period right around Christmas, uh, the year that this happened, which was back in 86, and I, uh, my husband and I went to the mall, and we were, um, he went one way, I went another, and I'd been shopping a little, and I just had this urge, gut feeling, remember that word, and I had this urge to go into this pet shop. I thought I was going in to look at birds, and as I walked through the door of the pet shop, I heard right outside the left side of my head, these words, you know I'm going home with you, don't you? And I looked around, and I, I looked behind me. I looked, there was nobody even in that part of the shop. And I didn't give it a whole lot of thought, like so many times when these things, you know, we get messages and all, we just ignore them. And I walked over to the uh, where there were some puppies in a kennel up high, and I found myself asking if I could hold one of them. And I did, and I, uh, some people that were with came into the shop and said, oh, let me go get your husband, look at that little puppy. So um, shortening a very long, beautiful story, but my husband Kenneth came in and said, oh, let me get him for you for Christmas. For Christmas. And I said, no, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, Christmas. And I said, no, because we just got married, and I just didn't want to do that, and I wasn't ready. So I, I said, no, let's not do that. You know, let's let's talk about it. We'll meet later and talk about it. And I, I kept giving him the look. You know how we give the look to our, you know, yes. trying to show I really want to do this. You know, I and so no I did everything in my little this. arsenal <laughs> of things to let him know how serious I was. So we right. went our separate ways, and, and he, we didn't meet up, and finally there he is. I see him at the pet store buying the puppy. So. Yes. We took him home. He became my incredible close companion. And then uh, this is the key I want you all to hear. Eleven years later, he was diagnosed with cancer. Mine was minuscule, by the way. Anybody that's hung up on my breast cancer, it was minuscule. I had, you know, lumpectomy. They radiated. I bit, look what year this is. So I, we get the dog. We have 11 years later, we go through this cancer with him and finally have to have him euthanized. And we went home that night and I was laying in bed thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? He's so, he's like my, myself. I felt so connected. And I heard the only other time I've heard those words, I heard him say, I'm still here. And then he said, I could come back if you want me to. And that set me off on the journey, and that's the journey where all of this became very clear to me. I started to see how in cloud images, in synchronicities, in mm -hmm. dreams, in all kinds of things, how we were reconnecting, how it would be, don't go this way, go that way, this is happening, that's, and I trusted my gut. And I then realized that the universe was responding to my needs, and I realized it's responding to 
all of our needs. So that's the thing I'm really excited about, and I want people to walk away from or slide away in their chair. If you're like me sitting in an armchair, if you slide back mm-hmm. in your office, I want you to get the idea that this is there's nothing random about what's going on. The universe is designed to respond to our needs. There is a need, then there's a delivery system, then you get the message, and that's what I have coined the term personal oracle. So the, in a nutshell, there's, there's where I went with that whole experience. Yes, and you have, um, like me, you've made this your life. So yes. while everybody's listening, um, ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to go to her website. Oops, somebody forgot to turn that down. If you would like to go to her website and peruse um, all the the everything she has to offer. There are several different sections. The um, website, what is the website? It's personalarchy.com, right? Exactly. Okay. Sorry, that kind of threw me off for a second there. I apologize. Exactly. Um, Yes, go to the website while you're listening because we're going to share some really, really fascinating stuff. And um, supporting what you said a minute ago, Anne, and like I said in the beginning, we feel so alone. Yes. And left to our own devices. And we hear this in so many ways and so many different cultures and so many religions that, you know, the Creator loves us and, and the universe is always supporting us. And even if we don't feel that way, it is absolutely true. And this is basically, this is, look, pretty much my religion is watching how the universe talks to me and, and different events with people, all that stuff. And I'm just happy that you took the time to do all this research because what you did is she masterfully categorized and explained the different ways in which messages appear. She explores the history and science of oracles. She offers practical instruction on identifying and deciphering their meaning. She offers beautiful instruction uh, on ways to increase your intuition. And a lot of people say to me, actually, that they think I have an advantage over others because I have psychic ability or the ability to interpret. I do specialize in dream interpretation, um, and, and I'm so entrenched in the symbolic meaning of things that I translate that into waking life, and, and that's fine and good. But this is where I started, and where I started was by trusting my feelings. So we're going to talk about all that and how to um, trust your gut and notice when the universe is trying to support you or provide you with a solution to a problem that you're having. Um, so go to the website, personaloracles.com, and check that out while you're listening. You may want to take some notes if you have a pen and paper ready. But, well, and then so one I, of the things, I'd, I'll jump right back in, and I don't want to stop where you're headed, but I'd like to insert okay. something right here. If you go onto my website and you see, you'll see a bunch of pictures that circulate around there, and you'll see a picture of my father. You'll see a picture of my father's image in the clouds 10 years after he passed. It's a real holographic image. That is the, that's the bottom line. And I told you that the universe was responding to my fear of death. The universe will allow us to see beyond the veil. The universe will take us to reconnect us with loved ones, not take us out of our body or out of our home or anything. I don't want to get anybody afraid here. But the universe will help those that, that love us, that have passed, 
reconnect with us, help us see how they're reconnecting. So this gets into what a lot of people like to call paranormal. It's not paranormal. It's just what's going on, and we're just really starting to talk about it and learn about it, and everybody compare notes and, how, and realize this is happening all the time to so many of us, most of us I'd even venture to say. Yes, and we can mention it a little later um, that even medical professionals, are coming around and looking at the spiritual side of things. I've met on my show doctors who um, are having spiritual experiences or their intuition is helping them in their work. So it's all beautiful stuff. But I, I just wanted to ask very quickly, how long did it take you to do all this research and put this together? You wove. I know, I know there's a whole section in the back where you thank a lot of people, so I know it was a team effort. But right. you wove all this stuff together. How long did it take? Well, I I have been I have been submitting it, versions of this book. This book is in about its third or fourth incarnation of rewriting it, and until I got to the right people that said this needs to be a how-to book. It started out as the journey of Rusty, and then I got all the universe will bring you all the right people. Whatever your project is, pay attention. You're gonna you talked about earlier. You talked about the man that helped you uh, put your introduction together that you had known him. So you know the yeah. universe brings forth all these people. Uh, I started seriously writing notes on this as I was going through this in 86. So that's where the notes for this book started. And uh, 15 years for sure I've been working uh, nonstop on this. Like I heard my husband say to somebody who, he said, if I ever had anybody that worked for me that has worked as hard as Anne worked on this book, I would have been thrilled. (laughs) But it's, you know, it's just like you, it's my passion. And, you know, when we realize what's going on in the world and how exciting it is and how there may be some people that are missing this, it's really hard not to be passionate about sharing it. Yes, and and so many people have so many awesome stories to share. Yes. Yeah. What I wanted to do, if, if you don't mind, is I want to read from the book a couple of things Please. about the definition of synchronicities and oracles. <clears throat> On page 17, you state, most of us use electrical current every day without giving any thought to the energy to which we're connecting. And this, of course, alludes to how we're all connected and we're all connected to the universe. We turn on our computer and the monitor comes to life. We turn on the television, hear a sound, and watch images dance across the screen. Personal oracles work the same way. They are energy-driven miracles waiting for us to tune in and notice them. And when we do, voila, our world changes. On page 18, you add, Personal oracles add a rich layer of meaning to a world that can seem lonely and devoid of magic or dialogue with the divine like a safety net constructed beneath a tightrope walker. Personal oracles connect us to everything in our interactive universe that is ready and waiting to support us, guide us, and keep us secure. When you tune in and start connecting the dots for yourself, I guarantee it will change the way you experience life. Amen to that. Well said. Well, and thank you for finding that and pulling that out. I have read that for a while. Thank you so much for reading that and giving us page numbers. Oh, you're welcome. I have yeah. flags all over your book. I want to mail this back <laughs> to you so you can autograph it for me, but um, I'm afraid I've, I should probably take all this stuff out of here. Um, <laughs> I, I, and, hey, you know what? We'll, we'll get that handled. Don't you worry. Okay. So yeah. I, I, wanted, I wanted to add a couple more things. Um, 
on the aspect of mirrors. Imagine your world, and this is on page 27 in the first section of the book. Imagine your world is filled with magical mirrors. Each mirror reflects information back to you to enhance your life. Some mirrors reflect precisely what is going on at the moment. Others work as billboards and spirit signposts to guide our way. If you've seen holograms on exhibit at a museum, you may have moved around them and noticed the way they reflect different images of you. Thinking of the universe in terms of a giant hologram can help us understand how personal oracles are reflected to us according to where we are and what is occurring in our life at the time. Beautiful. Beautifully said. And I say this, um, I teach A Course in Miracles. And I would say, and I know a lot of my students are listening, and they're probably just as excited as I am because they know how, because I would start every class off this way. I would do like a little housekeeping and say, how was your week? Anything yeah. weird happen? And somebody would share and say, yes, this is what happened. This was weird. And, and one of my students shared that um, she was doing something simple, like having to um, go to the supermarket. And she was kind of shifting on her feet, like, should I go? Should I not go? Should I go? And then she got She said, I'm going. Um, and she resolved that she was going to go get this errand completed. Mm-hmm. So she gets into her truck. She drives down the road, and this is a not, not a well-traveled road. This is in the middle of a forest. And then she realized that she forgot something, wanted to turn around and come back. But as she made a K-turn to make, like, make a U-turn, two cars got on either side of her and, and exhibited such anger toward her Ooh. that she got very upset. And so she completed the U-turn, went back, picked up whatever she forgot, and said, well, maybe I won't go after all, and said, no, I'm going. And so now I'm listening to her, and now I'm hearing this is the second time she resolves to do something. Yeah. She says, what do you think that means? And because I'm so in, involved in the interpretation of dreams and things like that, um, I know you don't, but um, we, uh, I went ahead and told her you know, what I thought that meant. And I said, well, I think someone's telling, saying some pretty nasty things about my classes. And she got defensive, and she says, oh, but it wasn't my son. I said, no, no, it was this other person. And he was. He didn't want her coming to my classes because her mind was opening up. And as a, mm-hmm. as a means yeah. of control, he was trying to get her to stop coming to my classes. But these, this, is my, this is the way I live my everyday life. And, um, well, you know, you I, say something. Can I say something right in here? I think you're supposed to. We're, we're supposed to interject for somebody who's listening, and I don't know who that person is. If okay. you've got somebody that is playing your doubting Thomas or that is trying to keep you, I remember, um, let's just say, when I decided that I was going to be vegetarian, not eat animals anymore, my family had a really, my parents had a very hard time with that. They really wanted to keep me where they were. They said to me, why do you think God put animals here for us to eat them? And I laughed and said I was, didn't mean it was just but he didn't mean me to eat all of them, you know. But when we have people we love around us, and they love us for being like them, and we start to move out of that uh, sameness, like Carolyn Mays talks about your tribe. If you start to move away from your tribe a little bit, and you start to get people that start to throw things out at you to pull mm-hmm. you back, just, you know, try to just maybe, I would just suggest, if you recognize there's more out there, I know there's more, I'm supposed to be out here. My boundaries are wider. My boundaries are broader. I'm going for that. Just love them and look at them and go, that's where they are, quietly, you know. You don't have to confront them, but don't let that stop you if you believe your boundaries are larger. Absolutely. Absolutely. Your life is for you. 
Yes. Um, I, I just want to throw in, because we're using the word synchronicity, and just for the edification of everyone listening, if you're not familiar with the term, on page 32 of Anne's book, Everyday Oracles, it says, you might think of synchronicities as coincidences with, coincidences with a purpose. Like all personal oracles, they guide us, deliver information when we most need it, and in the process, illuminate the interconnectedness of all. And that is an important point, because you say throughout the book, the universe answers to our needs Mm -hmm. at all times. So anytime we experience a personal oracle, no matter what form it comes in, you're saying that it is in response to a need that we have. What would you like to add to augment that statement? I would like to add, oh, boy, you are psychic. Seriously, you said in just this moment right here, I need uh-huh. to say, yes, exactly, that is what's going on. And we will miss them. All of us miss them. There are times that we have a gut feeling and we don't act on it. And later we think, oh, look what happened. I had that gut feeling. Mm. That wouldn't have happened. Don't kick yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Learn from it. You know, that the times that we miss our gut feelings, our guidance, the intuition, the times that we miss it sometimes can be even better t- as good a teachers or better than when we're spot on so that's what i really would love to say right there you know we all have that gut feeling we all have that intuition sometimes we act on it sometimes we don't sometimes it's mm-hmm. a hit, sometimes it's a miss don't beat yourself up absolutely i still do it and as yeah, i do this for does. a living and and sometimes i'm like mm, no nah, or i'm or i'm quote too busy and as you say in the book my monkey mind is chattering and it won't let me focus and I don't make that right turn when I should have or I don't call that person before they died because it was like you know a few years ago it was call this person call this person I was like I'll call tonight I'll call tomorrow and then it was too late they passed away Um, and that's very sad but and but you're right don't beat yourself up there are no accidents perhaps it wasn't meant to be you were just being given an opportunity but of course you have free will but throughout the book you talk about how the mind tries to override our instincts and yeah, just like the tribe trying to keep us locked in, the mind will say, oh, no, 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 pay attention to me. Don't pay too attention to your intuition. Over here, over here, not over there, over here. You know, so, and, and I also want to, you know, you said something about not being able to say goodbye. You just use that as an, experience, as an example. I'd like to also throw out, I love the way this is back and forth, but uh, I also would like to say that if you, somebody that is listening has had that experience or does have it in the future where you go, oh, no, and I missed my chance to, to say whatever I was going to say to that person. You know, I've, I know now, based on all these things that have happened to me, that you can send that thought out to that person, or it might be an act that you feel like you need to go to, go to a certain place, say something to the person that's no longer in their body. Just because they're not in their body doesn't mean you still can't reach them. That's beautiful. And it's perfect for what one <laughs> final thing I'd like to read, of course, um, we focus largely on the show on um, I do a segment on a course in miracles mm-hmm. so i want to I want to um, read uh, several of the principles of miracles because it fits in with what you say in the book so perfectly. Um, I have to do it so Good. in chapter one of a course in miracles, the meaning of miracles, one of the principles is miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. The real miracle is the love that inspires them in this sense, everything that comes from love is a miracle. All miracles mean life, and God is the giver of life. His voice will direct you very specifically. You will be told all you need to know. So always trust 
that you can pick up your messages when they're needed. Miracles are a kind of exchange, like all expressions of love, which are always miraculous in the true sense. The exchange reverses the physical laws. They bring more love both to the giver and the receiver. And when, when you were saying that, this is what I was looking at about how you can get a message to that person. I was like, oh, my God. Um, yeah. Prayer is the medium of miracles. It is the means of communication of the created with the creator. Through prayer, love is received, and through miracles, love is expressed. And that goes with the old adage, ask and you shall receive. Ask for messages from the universe. Ask for a sign whether or not you should take that job, whether or not you should move to that new town, whether or not you should marry the, the person you're in love with. Ask and you will get your messages and in the most startling of ways, never expect how because the universe is infinitely more creative than, than our imaginations. Infinitely. And, you know, uh, again, let me jump right in again. With the, You're spurring sure. all these wonderful thoughts in my mind. You know, we were asking, we were praying, we were thinking. And, you know, one of the things that I've done with great success is sing. You know, I, I loved little melodies run through my mind. And, you know, like um, I would sing a little song i had a dog that passed and i would sing pandora where are you you're such a little girl pandora i love you you make our life a whirlwind i sang it to her when she was with us i sang it to her after she passed if you have songs that you sing see as as my my husband's daughter died within the last year and she was in hawaii and she was dying she was in a coma and my husband was singing to her and he was singing i'm a little teapot short and stout because he sang it to her when she was very tiny think about whatever works for you you know it prayers can be songs prayers can be they can be the words they can be the thought so do what works for you absolutely and you know, and as a medium, I, I, I'm always giving tips, you know, when we have lost loved ones, um, connect with them with love in your heart and yes. continue to make them part of your life. Tell them what's happening. Light a candle. Make them a cup of tea. Do, or, you know, make it, set something out for them as a gift. But you're not disconnected. And we'll, we'll talk a little later about how some people got message from, from beyond the veil. But the final principle I want to read which ties in very strongly with, with what I said in the beginning of the show, is this. Major contribution of miracles is their strength in releasing you from your false sense of isolation, deprivation, and lack. And so that, that's all I wanted to add from A Course in Miracles, mm-hmm. in the, isn't it? And see how it, it, mm-hmm. it so ties in with your book and how when we maintain those connections to the, to the people we love, including our animal friends. Yes. We can we can communicate and dialogue with them, just in a, in a way that's not necessarily difficult, just a little different. But once we learn to decode what those messages mean for us, because like you say in the books, two people could witness the same event or look upon that turtle rock. You have a picture of that on the website, so I took that and put that in the oh. key for the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got a strong message from that large boulder. But I could have been standing next to that looking at it with you and I would have perceived something entirely different exactly. and, because and my needs is, are different. We're both right. You know, that's what's so beautiful about this intricate design of the universe that we're, we're so blessed to live within is that, you know, it responds to each of us. That's the holographic effect. You know, it will respond to each of us based on our perception, our 
perception and how we perceive the world. And so I think that that's, that's the beauty of it all. And if you start to do these things with friends, you'll find out even more that we are all so beautifully unique and we are all right in what it means to each one of us. And I think there's another huge lesson that I didn't get into that much in the book, but you know what? When we really can acknowledge each, there is no one way to do anything. I do think I said in the book what a friend of mine used to say, and I thought the moment she said it, I loved it. This is my way. What is your way? The way doesn't yes. exist. Mm-hmm. That's profound to me. You know. Very. So once we release ourselves from all that, well, there's only one way to do anything, or it's either black, or it's either white, or gee, am I doing it right? You did your did your gut tell you you're doing it right? Does your heart is your heart leading the way? Does your gut lead the tell you you're doing right? Is your heart leading the way? I said that right. twice for a reason. Then you're on the right track. Absolutely, and I always yeah. I always tell people what you believe is right for you. Exactly um. right. Mm-hmm. And don't try to, we don't need to, you know, I think we live in a world where we're, you know, it's too easy to fall into trying to make people do it our way. You know, uh, right. wouldn't it be lovely to, when we get to the place, and I believe we will, that I believe that's what we're evolving to. Um, there's another quote, and I can't think of the author right now, but a new world is on its way. Mm. If you listen softly, you can hear her breathing. Yes, I love that. That was, that was, I got chills when I read that. I got chills several times throughout the book, and I'll tell you about that. But but I just want to mention that um, um, we're going to talk about some really cool stuff out of the book. Uh, But later in the show, if you have an event, a synchronistic event, a personal oracle where you received a message or a miracle that you would like to share, um, you can call into the show in the I guess the last 15 minutes, I'll, I'll take some calls if anybody's open to sharing. The number is area code 347-934-0751 if you have an, a fascinating story you'd like to share with, with Anne and me. And before we go too much further, Anne, I wanted to mention that before his death in 2009, Native American elder Richard Deertrack of the Taos Pueblo honored you in a sacred ceremony. So I wanted you to tell us about the sacred ceremony and welcome his spirit to our segment here well, as thank part you. of the segment. Let's, let's, I wanted to welcome Thank him. you. Let's welcome Richard Deertrack. And I want to say that, um, you know, he honored me because of the work that I'm doing. So what, what ha- Richard Deertrack did, I, I was connected with him by someone who knew him, and he came out to the place I was uh, spending part of my time in Angel Fire, New Mexico, and he came in, and his first words were, what do you want from me? And I said, um, well, if you come into my office, maybe maybe it'll speak for itself. So he walked into, and I've got, you know, I do have Native American ancestry in me, so I've always perceived the world without even realizing it through the whole Native American perspective perspective is the everything being alive and interconnected and uh, so he came in and he saw all the cloud images that I had around the room because I just had them plastered all over the wall and some in frames some not in frames and at that point he he really just like you intuited knew what I was doing and sat down with me and said yeah he wanted to work with me and he wanted to support me and so now that he has passed on um, I do feel his support around me there are some things in the book where there is a picture of him in and his physical presence in the book, and then at a time uh, when he appeared in the clouds, 
Uh, I was actually inside my house, and it was outside the window. And what I like to do in a cloud image is if I see a cloud that is resonating uh, either um, spirit of someone or an energy that has or a shape or something, I like to draw around it. Uh, so I in this in the book, when you look in the book, you'll see a picture of Richard Deertrack and and what how he connected with me in the clouds. And and also you'll read about something that uh, was some information that gave me specific words that he spoke to me because I had no camera close by when he mm. was in cloud form and I was focusing I focused on that cloud listen to me you may want to do this some of you may want to do this for yourself I focused mm-hmm. on the cloud trying to get what I was supposed to get because I couldn't get a picture of it and he I could I got not like words but I got I got the words in my mind and then I when we stopped to get gas I wrote them down and as I would if I was changing them at all I would be like no this word. So he gave specific yes. information about letting your personal oracle teach you and expand. So we are, and I do know that his energy supports this work, and I know that my father's energy supports this work. And there's a lot of energies. If you will also want to invite them in to support you, and uh, I'm sure that 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 is something that they would love to support you on your journey to expand your boundaries of the conventional reality that we get stuck in. Mm. Yes, and the picture of uh, Richard is, especially the one in the cloud, let, let me help explain. Um, Anne does a lot of work with the clouds where she sees images in the clouds, and it's pretty exquisite. I mean, this picture, you see the picture of Richard Deertrack, and then you see the picture of the cloud, and she takes, what I don't know what tool you use, but you just did an outline, a I little outline a of his face, and it's so clear. Take a photo, have it. You do it. Everybody do it. Take a photo, have it developed. Put a piece of transparency that you can get in any office supply place. Can't get. I find like, uh, what are they, Sharpies? Take a Sharpie, yeah. a fine point Sharpie, and draw around it. Or get on my website and go into the what, this sounds like a real commercial, go onto my website and go to the what yeah. do you see section. You'll see a joke, not a joke, but a lot of cloud images there. And it is designed, my web guy fixed it so you can draw around images there. So while it's a little awkward to use the machine, and if you find an image you, that's speaking to you, print it out on your computer and draw around it. Take that piece of paper and set it down on your desk or wherever you are and draw around that. And, you know, the, it doesn't have to be something you saw that will speak to you. We all get messages through all kinds of art, through, you know, clouds that I saw can speak to you. It's, it's exciting. Yes, it's, for, it's fascinating because I'm, now I'm looking at the picture of your father. And yeah. then a picture of a cloud, and it's like, oh, my God, he's right there. And yeah. then the the really crazy one, when you were in Italy, and there's a, a large picture of Padre Pio, and you say in the book, I didn't know why, but I felt I should take a picture of it. So you took a picture of a large portrait on the side of a building at a mass that the Pope was saying, and didn't know why, what the celebration was, just that you wanted to go. And here in the in the clouds is a picture of a man with a beard. It's It's Padre Pio, obviously. And it turned out they were honoring him that day. It was his beatification. And I'll tell you what I think is you were talking about crazy, wonderful. You know, it's really crazy, wonderful. I'm not Catholic. I, I was raised Methodist. I'm ecumenical. I, but I embrace. I, I wanted to go. We were on a cruise. And I wanted, this was a port we stopped on. And I wanted to see a mass by Pope John Paul because, to me, he was a man who was really living his spirit path. So I just wanted to go see a mass. And that's why I ended up there. The, if you read in the book, you're going to find out. I won't go into it. But it starts out earlier when I thought I wasn't supposed to go. And, 
trusted a gut feeling. So, you know, this is, and don't get hung up. This isn't about me at all. This is all out here for all of us. You all start taking your camera. And if you've got a cell phone and you've got it on you. So if you've Mm -hmm. got a smartphone, you can take pictures everywhere. And let me tell you something else about these pictures where things where you discover them. You may not know exactly what it is when you first see it. Don't try, don't be, don't expect that much of yourself. Know that it may reveal itself to you later. Maybe all the pieces of the puzzle aren't in place. But right. if you feel like taking a picture, take it and then figure out what it is later or know what it is. But let it be, you know, roll out the way that it's supposed to. Absolutely. Follow your instincts. I yeah. want to I want to um, go into the different terminology for the types of messages that we get. But first I wanted to share an experience I had when I was reading the book. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear that. It's funny. Um, I was at this section of the book where you're talking about how, you know, we get frustrated with trying to get something accomplished and we get delayed and this and that. And so there's a story in the book that someone shared. And that's what I I also love about your book. It's it's such a how-to and you have tips on how to sharpen your intuition and things like that. But interspersed throughout the entire book are real-life stories from other people around the world sharing their stories. So well, they told the, they told those stories of the book. It's all told through story form, isn't it? It is, and I love it. I couldn't put it down. It's such a page turner. So, <laughs> I I was having trouble with my schedule. I'm, I'm under a lot of pressure. I, I get a lot of work done, but I I knew the interview was coming this week, and I wanted to have the book read and my notes complete and all that stuff. So I said a prayer, and I said, I need an opportunity to read this book, and I have all these things pulling at me in all these different directions. I need help with my schedule. So Friday night, uh, my husband says to me, I have an important delivery to make tomorrow. It's a pretty good distance. It's a lot of weight, and there's no one else to help me. Do you think you could help me? Of course, I'm going to drop everything and help him because he's, he's number one in my life. Mm-hmm. And as I ran out the door, it, I heard, see, I hear my clairaudient messages in my right ear. And it said, don't forget the book. Mm-hmm. And I said, don't forget the book. And I was like, Anne's book. So I grabbed the book. I grabbed my notebook and my pen, and I head out the door, and I spent the entire day, because it was a four- or five-hour drive. Oh, perfect. <clears throat> and I read the book, and I took my note, and, and every few minutes I was like, Alan, listen to this. And I was reading all these cute little stories and all the synchronicities because it reminded me when um, it was about five years ago. We've been together ten years. About five years ago he called me and told me about something, which I'll share in a minute. But as I'm reading the book, I started laughing, and he says, what? And I was reading the part where this woman had to go with her husband as he went to deliver bowling equipment because he would be driving through the night, and I will do that too if he has to drive through the night. And so as we're driving, here she is, and she gets delayed, and then figures out later that while the delay was inconvenient, as they were driving at 3 o'clock in the morning, there was a woman walking around on the side of the road disoriented from having just struck a deer with her vehicle. And if they hadn't been delayed, they would not have been there to help that woman. And, so and another thing I don't think I put in the book, I don't think I put this in because I, I interview people a lot when they tell me a story. I don't think I put this part in. She said he wouldn't have stopped. If he hadn't had his wife in the car, he would have been afraid to stop as a man to yeah. approach a woman on the road. So I think that's interesting, too. You have a few things going on in there. You did, 
you did say that in yeah, the book because he office. wouldn't have felt because they both waited with her for help to come. Yes. They they let her use their cell phone. A yes. relative came to assist, but he would have felt uncomfortable in the middle of the night sitting with a woman. Yeah. And possibly having her feel threatened in some way. So yeah. if that was a, a bonus that the wife was with them. But if they hadn't had that delay, that wouldn't have happened. So I read it to Alan, and about five minutes later, a state trooper pulls us over. <gasps> and I said, what is this? <laughs> um, he walks up to the car and says, hello, folks. I'd just like to perform a quick inspection on your truck. We're in a, a very large box truck. So he was acting on behalf of the Department of Transportation and ensuring the safety of other drivers that our truck was up to code. No problem. I just continued reading. I was like, yeah, sure. Here's the registration. Go yeah. ahead. Do whatever you want to do. I, I'm reading a book, and I'm taking notes, and he's looking at me like, why doesn't she care that I'm beside her vehicle? I really didn't. I was busy reading the book. And then he did, he kept us waiting about half an hour, and then later on in the day there was another delay, and then there was another delay to the point where even I started to get frustrated, Right. So Whoa. driving back, another another four and a half to five hour drive back, I see a sign that said, we were on the Florida Turnpike, and we saw I saw a sign, Alan happened to be looking to the side, and it said, all four lanes are closed down on the Florida Turnpike in 36 miles. And I said, what's that about? And he says, what are you talking about? I said, all four lanes are closed down, we're, we're driving right into a parking lot. Something must have happened. So I called the Florida Highway Patrol. And I asked the gentleman if if there was an accident and what exit should we get off to avoid um, pulling up behind that. And he said, yes, it was a very, very serious accident on the turnpike. And he said, you can you can get off at any one of these three exits. And so I, I, I sound horrible saying this. We managed to avoid it by getting off the exit, getting onto I-95, and then we got back on. But the, the sea of cars that we witnessed – around this accident, and the ambulance peeling away with sirens blaring with somebody inside the vehicle. And I said, that's why we were delayed by the officer. We could have either been in the accident or we could be one of those cars in that sea of vehicles sitting there helpless, not being able to move forward or go backward. Oh, that's amazing. Yes, and but that's and I said, remember what I read to you in the book? And he says, yeah. I said, now we can look at that and thank our lucky stars and thank God that we were delayed because we would have been in that mess. So I'm very grateful. So that was fun. And, um, <laughs> and, the, and, that, the, and that they were paralleling each other is just cracking me up, that you had an experience, your own experience, that played out a little bit similarly to the woman who was delivering, you know, the bowling balls with her husband. I mean, yeah. It's just all they were and, yeah. and the other part was um, the woman sweeping the floor, and then she gets a gut feeling to watch it. She's sweeping her floor, and she gets a feeling. And I looked at it, and I said, why? What's the problem? What's there, a scorpion or something? And then the ah. next paragraph, the next <laughs> paragraph, there's the scorpion right in the middle of the kitchen floor, and it was translucent. Yeah. So it saved, it saved the people in her family because it was a very deadly scorpion that yeah. is difficult but I'm sitting there like, what? What's the problem? She's sweeping the floor with me. So I had little moments like that that had me cracking up. 
Well, and, and you know, I'm I'm really thrilled that you shared that. And I have, if any of you have those experiences, want to share them with you. I, I've got a blog, and I've got a few people who have had some experiences like that, where they would go home and something, and they would open it to page. I love what you're doing with page. So and so said this, uh-huh. you know, and they'll get home and they'll go, yes, and on page so and so it was this, you know, and it was just what was going on. So, you know, that's the beauty. This isn't about me again. Remember, folks, this yeah. is about how the universe is doing this dance. I'm just in this lovely position of an assignment that I'm carrying out, which is yes. to get this word out. And, it's uh, divine assignment. It's, a, it's what? It's a divine assignment. It is totally a divine, and I am honored by this assignment. This And fun, come on, don't you? This is I know. Really, this is so I, fun. We're going to have to do several segments because there's too much to, to share. Um, there are things I wanted to share, but we're already at quarter quarter uh, twenty fifteen minutes before the hour. And oh. what I'd like to do is um, let's talk about the different ways messages come to us. And everybody, as you're listening, as you learn about the different characteristics of personal oracles, try to t- take a look, peer into your past to find examples of each in your own life. And I think you'll be amazed. So, are you ready yet? I am. Let's start with conduits. Okay. No, um, you let, want me me? List, let me list them very quickly. We are, perfect, we'll, be discussing, we'll be discussing conduits. Number two is mirrors. Number three, synchronicities. Number four, signs and symbols. Number five, invisible moving sidewalks. And number six, spontaneous versus requested oracles. This is good stuff. Okay, so let's start right at the top with conduits. Okay, well, a conduit, of course, stop and think about a conduit. It's like a pipeline that connects us to other dimensions. And so conduits, um, I've got, uh, do you want me to give examples as we go along? Like a story that is really fun? Um, a fun, yes. A fun story, one of my favorite stories, and some of them I'll be able to say, okay, that was a conduit, okay, but this is a one that it, okay, and and that, let's start at the bottom and we'll knock off Invisible Bean Sidewalk because as far as giving you an explanation, because when I told you about my dog that came to me in the pet shop and opened all this up, that was what, that's where the Invisible Bean Sidewalk term came from, where I went, wait, this was like an Invisible Bean Sidewalk, so it's a series of synchronistic events that occur and you take you to a destination that seems to have been where you were headed all along. So if we now you, we have more, know we have more time to talk about a conduit. And my story that I love to share is about Rhonda and the hummingbird, and it's a, and I'll make these fast so we can get through all of them. Rhonda was walking her little dogs up in the mountains. She was actually a neighbor where I was staying in Angel Fire. And she was walking down to walk her little dogs, and all of a sudden this little hummingbird came, and it flew right in front of her eyes, and she stopped. And she immediately knew she was in danger, and she just had this sense of danger all over her. And she turned and headed for home. And as she was headed for home, she started to hear again out of, like I did, out of the left side of uh, my ear, danger, danger, danger. And so she rushed home. She got in. She trusted what was the sensation she was having. She got in. She looked on the answer phone. The answer phone had a message. She listened to it. It was a neighbor across the street, and it said, Rhonda, stay inside. There's a pack of wild dogs. We just got home, and they've killed some of our sheep and uh, or injured some of our sheep and killed old dog that slept. The conduit there is the hummingbird. Okay, so that's the, that is the delivery system is the conduit, which is the hummingbird, bringing her this message to say, 
stay home. You know, you're in danger. Get back to safety. So that's a conduit. A mirror is something that you see that reflects the the what's going on back to you. And it can be as simple as, like, a lot of times uh, I'll look up in the sky. If I'm driving around and I'm feeling, like, kind of out of sorts and or overwhelmed, you were talking about feeling like you had you were too short of time, and I, the, I invariably those days when I look up into the clouds, I see clouds that look like they have their mouth opens and they're laughing. And what that that <laughs> mirrors the need for me to lighten up. So that's a real simple, uh, and we have lots of stories. I think in each one there are minimum of three stories to explain whatever it is that I'm talking about. So it'll bring, and probably more like five to bring yeah. them to life. Excellent so, examples. I'm sorry. They're excellent examples that you provide, okay. and they're not from you. They're from all other people, so it's all well, different perspectives. And, and people great. like ones that are listening to us right now, because everybody contributes, and I'm asking for more stories all the time. You can also see a section on my website that says submissions. Send me your stories, and they go into blogs, and we'll go into other books. So they all come from people like you. I've been doing this since uh, for about probably seven to ten years, radio shows and different things where we connect with people sharing stories. And then synchronicities, of course, you know, are what you were talking about. You know, you gave a perfect example of a synchronicity, you know, when things happen and they are just, you know, not coincidences. There's no way that they could be a coincidence, you know. Mm-hmm. Ever. You know, you just can't, you know, it just could never be. And signs and symbols. And signs and symbols, you know, again, are so personal. And the one that I have in the book that you were talking about that is also on the website is the turtle. And now I'll tell you a quick little version of that story. There On my website, there's a picture of a boulder. And in Taos, when I would come down from Angel Fire to Taos, and this is in New Mexico, town in New Mexico, up in the mountains. So we'd come down, and I would glance up above this road, and there's this huge boulder up there. First time I saw it, to me, it looked like this giant turtle. And I thought, I didn't go into some great metaphysical thing that I'd researched. It reminded me of the childhood story of the tortoise and the hare. And you know how you know what happens there, you know. I'm Aries, by the way. So I'm oh. always in a hurry. I always feel like I need to... I needed it done. It needed to be done already. So I look up there. I see that. I remember who won the race. It wasn't the hare that was in the big hurry. So that is my sign that is a permission to slow down. So that's, these are, I gave you two reoccurring signs. You know, yours may be one-time signs that you find as mirrors and, and signs and symbols. But think of signs and symbols. They're like billboards that, that have a special meaning designed just exactly for you. Right. Yeah. I love it. I love it, too. Okay. I mean, the world, you know what, we can go around with our faces. So, oh, God, you know, we're just so busy and we're just, life can be monotonous. But if we if we break out of our responsibilities of the moment and we look out to what the universe is trying to give us, we are in the most awesome, amazing world. You are. Yeah. We are. We are. And what, and what is the difference, how do you describe the difference between uh, spontaneous, Versus requested oracles, because I request some all the time, especially when I'm driving. 
oh, do you? Oh, and I love you drive. I'll answer your question, but I need to also say a lot happens to me when I'm driving. I think driving is a great place because it takes you out of away from your phone at work. It takes you away from your computer. You know, so it's a it's like a little what petri dish when you're in your car. Uh, spontaneous is when you had no idea it was even coming. You know, like uh, I'll so go back to the mirror. The mirror that's a spontaneous one. You didn't even re- I didn't drive along. I didn't realize how out of sorts I was till I looked up and saw the laughing cloud. It's in a good right. way, like it was laughing at me. You know, that's a spontaneous one. That's one that you didn't ask for. You know, when we do know we need help and then we ask for help, which I really believe are all of our, all are valid. Let's go every which way with all this. But if we ask for help, you know, the universe wants us to ask for what we want. We just have to then really be, our job then is to be alert to figure out how the universe is going to respond. Right. Yeah. What I like to do, um, I try to get, I try to, I use it as a barometer. I, I like, um, while I'm driving, I like to ask questions and then watch Ooh. the flow of traffic. So if there's a lot of cars in my way, I know there's going to be some obstacles to overcome. In most cases, especially with regard to the radio show, cars always move. They they turn. All of a sudden, they're just not there. Wow. And I have I have a clear path. I get the road to myself more often than not. I start to think there's something wrong with me. But, you know, as I'm pondering these things, how will this go? How will that go? And, oh, I might, okay, so that might be delayed. How many cars? Three cars. So that might be delayed about three weeks, but it'll be okay. Those kinds of things, and that's what I translate. Oh, I love that. That's a very sophisticated way to interpret that. Clearly, you've been doing this for a long time. Long time. All your life. And the funny thing is, I shared this on uh, several other segments of the show, but if you're new to the show, I'll I'll share it again because it bears repeating. Um, When I was given the message uh, to start the radio show, it was something that I I kept putting off and putting off. Um, Something just didn't feel right. But then I got to the point where I studied so much stuff all my life. I was driving in my car, and I said almost out loud, what am I going to do with all this information? And a white vehicle, and look at the white of the vehicle, a white vehicle, you know, spirit, eases politely, and I emphasize that because most people don't. The driver eased politely in front of me. Wow. And when I looked at the license plate, I cracked up laughing because it, it said, give it away. <laughs> because I'm thinking, what, do, do I write another book? Do I, what, do I do videos? Make this, do this big conference? And then it said, give it away. And I started laughing. So when I got home, I said, okay, I get it. And I checked in, and it was, there's a lot of important stuff that you don't know about. You need to get this together. And so I, I, I worked on it and got the details in order. And now here is the opportunity to have conversations with wonderful people like you and share this information and give away these tools and techniques and inspiration. Give away the inspiration to be more aware of yourself, self-awareness, you know, self-discovery, inner peace, and this is a wonderful tool to do this because the universe does respond. I use this daily. Um, the most, the, one of the most significant events was I said, okay, I'll do the show. And the minute I said yes, everything fell into place effortlessly. I, I See, there you go. That's huge, isn't it, right there? That's I, the key that you're on the right track. I, uh, yes, I put a lot of effort. I put a lot of intellectual energy into this. Right. But when it comes down to it, everything came to me. 
So I really didn't have to do anything. And I got to a point where I said, okay, I don't think there's anything else I can do to prepare. I am a Capricorn. Uh, it's going to be detailed. Uh, my, I make lists. I make lists of lists, and they are color-coded. So <laughs> that's just the way it's going to be because that's how I operate. But then I got to the point where I said, okay, I'm going to launch this. I think I'm ready to jump. And I did. And I got off the air, and I went outside to my patio, um, got a nice little yard and all of my plants, and I sat down with my husband, and he said, how did it go? I said, I feel really good. It really, I feel good about it. I think I did well. Two seconds later, a hummingbird shows up. That's my totem. Oh, is it your totem? One of them. And and it showed up, and he looked at it, and I said, is that it? And he looked at it, and he looked at me, and he says, boy, when you get a message, you really get a message. Oh. And it was like, job well done. So so I also get signs that are that say, congratulations, job well done, you know, that kind of thing. And it's so, like, it almost brings me to tears how beautiful the process is when we open up, pay attention, and have that attitude of gratitude. Like, oh, thank you, hummingbird, for And the for gratitude. I'm so glad you said gratitude. Yeah. Absolutely. Gratitude. I mean, when that's, comes to asking for a parking spot at the mall or asking for a sign from God that he might be a little proud of you. It, yeah. it's, it's all the same thing. It's all a miracle, and none are bigger or better than the others. They're all equally beautiful, you know? And and you know something for the people who are starting out, because we were talking about that, and, you know, the people that have other kind of jobs that aren't like you and me that have, you know, decided that this is what we want to do with our life, you know, and you can't spend the amount of time that we can do it, committed to these. If you have something happen to you, write it down. Find a place where you can. I, we were talking about this at some point. You know, this I have something I like to call the sticker note shoebox method. If you like yeah. what you were just talking about, a hummingbird visited you, and you knew that had special significance for you find a piece of paper write it down write what happened maybe write whatever you want that when it happened what it happened before then what you know that that was a sign of and how that meant to you put it in one place you can put it in a shoebox put it in a drawer the keys put it in one place and what i want people to do is gather their own body of evidence because it's really easy we get so busy that these things are huge for us at the moment and then they can kind of drift off and we don't remember them as much but if you start writing down these beautiful miracles these beautiful gifts from the universe that we're getting write them down as they happen you go back and visit them you're going to just be blow yourself away with the things that are happening and at the same time it gives you like you said body of evidence and something in a linear format because you know the miracle breaks you out of time but when you write it down you get a linear format of this happened then this happened then this happened and all along you will realize you were on an invisible moving sidewalk where each event led to the next and took you in a direction that your soul wanted you to go in perfect do you like that I love that. That's just, I, w- I love the way that you rounded all that up, and I think that that's exactly true. And I think that without pulling it all together, you don't realize that. And another thing that you, I know somebody who does this with dream, dream journals, but you could do it with anything. If you write this in a journal, or if your piece of paper is bigger, or if you want to flip it over on the backside, other things may happen. You may have this one occurrence that happens that day, but that may, like we were talking about Richard Deertrack saying, let your personal oracle teach you, let it expand. There may be some other things that it can connect to. I'm getting this image in my mind I never have before of like a family tree where you've got a personal oracle and you can see how it, all the little boxes 
go off of it. You know, so this happened, and then that happened, and then this happened, and then that happened. And you could have fun playing with that. And you could see, look how that connected back to that. You know, don't, you know, let your mind float free and come up with all your own ideas of wonderful ways to chart your course and to, to see where you've been and see where you're going. Absolutely. And what better way, you know, we all have issues to deal with, and many of us, um, the, the first hurdle to get over is, is cultivating self-love and self-appreciation. But when you, make, when you do this and use this tool and the different tools that you have in the book for meditation and um, sharpening your intuition, if that is what you would like to do, it makes it fun. And it when it's fun, you enjoy doing it. When you enjoy doing it, you do it more and you train your brain to be receptive to these messages, these mirrors, the synchronicities, and appreciate the conduits that these messages come to us through. Well, and, you know, I have to thank Tartra Penguin, who is my publisher, you know, one of the biggest publishers in uh, the world, and they came up with the title, and I love one of the words in it, decoding. I mean, see yourself as Sherlock, you know, decode your messages. You know, I like the idea of, you know, I use the word discovering a lot. I love the idea of decoding. Decode it, you know. Figure out what's your language, you know. How does the universe do? Does the universe speak to you through song, you know, are you – you know, how do you sense things and then, you know, write them down and uh, make it a really fun, very, very personal journey and then share it with people. See, the one thing that I think is really key, what you're doing, what I'm doing, what we all can do, share the, share what's going on. If you think that you have somebody that you can share your experience with, share and you're going to maybe be really surprised when they go, you know what, I had something happen and then they've got their own experience to share with you and now you've found a buddy to share share with and and when you don't do that some people live in parts of the world where people are not quite as open to all of this as they are in other parts of you know in the part of the uh say your business life or whatever Mm -hmm. life that you're living in um and you find kindred spirits that you can share with and then we all learn from each other and expand from each other with each other absolutely i mean i mean Working in an office and not being able to talk about this stuff made me very yeah. miserable. Yeah. Um, especially one day, I worked. I, I grew up in Philadelphia, and I was uh, walking back. I went to get some lunch, and I was walking down a very busy street in Center City, Philadelphia. When I looked down, and there was a bat on the on the sidewalk, mm. and I looked and I looked around, and nobody noticed it but me. And I'm standing there like, why is this bat lying on the ground? heaving for breath, and I said, I can't let this thing stay here, so I take the sandwich out of the bag, I put it in my handbag, I find a piece of cardboard, I scoop up the bat, I had to, for whatever reason, obviously it was dying, but it was mine. So, there I was with Mm -hmm. people saying, what's in the bag? Don't look in the bag, you don't want to know what's in the bag. And then, you know, when it was a significant moment, and it was definitely the universe speaking to me, and you mentioned a bat in the book. So it kind of brought back an interesting memory, and um, I want to point out, I think it's uh, important to emphasize, uh, because we've mentioned animals several times, um, for those of us like where I grew up in Philadelphia, if you live in a city, you can still get signs from nature. It's just the, the language, you have to adjust to the language a little bit, but there are tips in the book on how to get your messages while living in the big city although we know those of us in rural areas where there are uh, a a larger variety of wild animals to reflect off of, 
um, it still can be done. So don't think that because you're in a city that you cannot receive your messages. Great point. And, you know, the first thing that popped into my mind when you were saying this, and I don't think I said it in the book, but could be a television commercial. I mean, you know, it can come to you from all kinds of different things. Could be, you know, you could be in a store and you could see, we're, let's stay with the bad idea. If you saw that in a commercial and all of a sudden you went, well, that, I, that means, wait, there's a message in here for me. And then there's all kinds of information out there, like that, of what they mean. Like, I love Ted Andrews' Animal Speak. Oh, if God, you don't yeah. have is that amazing? It's like That's a Bible. Oh, it is. It's like a Bible. But if you don't have uh-huh. that, get online. You know, it's really easy online to find this. But if something resonates with you, it can be a something of nature that you find, you know, in, in on the computer or on the television or you know, in a you're walking along in a grocery store and you see a magazine with something like. But if it resonates with you, pay attention because there's going to be a message there. And I love the way that you decode uh, the different messages because you clearly don't get stuck in one method. You have systems, like I love your system of watching cars and certain numbers would mean certain things to you, but you didn't. nobody gave you that system. You figured that out for yourself. Uh, and, and Ted Andrews is, is to be credited for that because in the beginning of Animal Speak, he talks about how he's walking down the, the road with the old man, the bird lands, and flies off in a different direction, and he says, oh, well, your business is going to, there's going to be an interruption, then it's going to go in a direction you didn't expect, and that's exactly what happened. And then I was, I was halfway there, but that really put me over the edge. And mm-hmm. with all the de- dream interpretations I've done over the years, when you refer to Ted Andrews, when there's an animal involved or a color, yes. you know, whatever, it's never wrong. No one has ever said, oh, Charlotte, Charlotte sorry for all your... You know, you put a lot of effort into this, but you're way off. That has never happened. And no, the man is profound. And he also has something out there. It's the pocket guide. Have you seen that one? It's like I, a really – he's got I'm the behind. thick one that you and I, I think, must refer to, but he's got a small version. You can carry it around in your purse. Really? I'll send I you one. I did not know we'll, that was there. We'll be, uh, we'll be on touch. You give me your address, I'll send you one. They're just, you know, you okay. can get them anybody that's listening. I won't send them to you. But if you get on Amazon.com, it's Ted Andrews Pocket Guide. Animal Perfect. Speak Pocket Guide. Yeah, just really great. Stick it in your purse and uh, away you go and something happens and you pull it out. Or in oh, my apartment God. I mean, once you read this book, you won't let it go. But there is another way that we get messages, too, that we did not cover, but it's perfect because, especially when when talking to people who live in cities, and that was the Cledons. We didn't define the No, Cledons. we didn't even touch on Cledons. And that's good perfect. for anybody that finds himself in a crowd. And those are words. A Cleden is, uh, when I was researching the book, I ran across this, and I'd never heard of it before. And I think it's obscure. I think a lot of people haven't. But what it is is a Cleden is a word or a series of words that you overhear somewhere. You could be at a ball game. You could be at the grocery store. And something will waft. You'll hear a phrase. We've all had that happen. And you'll hear a phrase waft across the crowd. And all of a sudden, it has a meaning for you. Like, I, I used to get a lot of, well, you know, you'd hear this is not a this is not the sound, but the one that popped into my mind is the Nike "Just Do It." You know, "Just Do It" will move you off the of center. But say you are working on a project at work and you don't know, you know exactly what to do. You might be in a group, and if you heard uh, the message drift off to you, and it'll be very precise and start paying attention for those because uh, surprising those happen a lot. Yes. Actually, when I was around 18, I had a friend. I always had older friends, 
So mm. my friend was about 60, and um, she had this fun game she used to play. She didn't have a name for it, but she, as she would walk down the street, she would take note of other people's conversations. Oh, you're kidding. I swear. I, I, I never love it. Clayton's, but when you went to describe it in the book, I was like, that's what Dottie used to do. I love that. Isn't that wild? I was like, I didn't know there was a name for that. I thought it was just... You know, I I overhear things or, you know, all these... Everybody does. Something strange I mean, is always happening around me, you know. <laughs> you just, you, you have, I, I I would love, I don't see Oris, I don't, well, maybe very occasionally, but I'd love to see yours. I think you're just this huge aura that I can imagine you walking down the street with this giant aura around you. <laughs> That all this wonderful stuff is just being drawn to you. Like, come on, let's go over here. It's fun over here. Oh, I appreciate your kind words. But you know what? What's funny is sometimes I try to shrink it. And and I'll tell you a quick story. One day I I had to go to the hospital to visit my mother-in-law. And while she was in surgery, I said, well, I think I'll grab my Course in Miracles book and I'll step outside. And I'm just going to sit quietly and study. I don't want to teach. I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to do anything but read for me. That's all I yes. want to do. Thank you very much, universe. Keep everybody away from me. Because I'll go to Walmart and people will walk up and say, excuse me, can I ask you a question? I don't know why I'm doing this. Oh, Which I love. I love the yeah. randomness of it. I really do. It keeps me sharp. But so right. here I am in a parking lot. I am five foot one inches and one and a quarter inches tall. So imagine how tiny I am when I sit on a curb. <laughs> and I'm sitting on a curb. Like kind of hunched over, got my my face in a course of miracles, and suddenly I feel the need to underline certain words with with a, an ink pen, which I don't like to do. I like highlighter. Well, that's right, right. all I had, so I'm highlighting this paragraph right. with the ink, and all of a sudden somebody screamed, and I look up, and there's this woman running toward me. Runs up, sits down. She had screamed, "Oh my God!" when she saw me. Sits down, puts her handbag down, and says, "Can I tell you about my day?" and bursts into tears. <gasps> Oh. And I, she didn't, she, thank God she wasn't looking at me because she, she would have seen the smile on my face and she would have thought I was laughing at her. But I was like, so you thought you weren't going to teach today. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. look at you. And I, I said, absolutely, you can tell me about your day. And so we talked. Oh. And, I, and I said, here, I want to show you something. And I put A Course in Miracles in her lap, opened it up. I said, read out loud everything I have underlined in blue ink. There's the answer to your problem. And that's yeah. what you had just underlined? That was what I just underlined, even though I, I already knew it. that material and didn't I feel a remi- I needed a reminder, but I, it was underlined as material, and she needed it. Exactly. And so I, I met with and her. You were, and, and you underlined it before you knew she needed it. I love that. I, and that's, yeah. also, that's also the way the universe works. We always think it's linear. You know, sometimes there's a crinkle in time, and things happen before, and then you have it. And isn't that fun? That kind of knocks us out of the whole time thing, doesn't it? You have a whole section on that, Crinkles in Time. Yeah. I love it because it reminds me of that Madeline Lengel book, Wrinkles in Time. I did. You know what? That's where, that's what inspired that for term. I love her. She's one of my favorites. Me too. One, one yeah. of my first favorite authors. Wow. Yes. Well, we're almost running out of time. I wonder if you are open to leading our listeners in a very brief guided experience because you also offer, this is not only a how-to, she offers the tips, tricks, um, you have exercises like your shoebox exercises, tools, ways to really open up your mind. And one of them is these very short meditation techniques to boost your intuition. Would you like to do that in maybe three, four, five breaths? 
and let people yes. feel what that feels like? I okay. will follow you. Yes, thank you. Well, I want you to guide it, if that's oh, okay. Oh, you want me to guide it? Oh, oh okay. absolutely. Okay, well, if you are sitting uh, in a place, well, you're not going to be like us with uh, holding the phone, put your right hand or your left hand. I was going to guide that, but you decide. Do you want your right hand or your left hand on your solar plexus? That is right above your navel. Your solar plexus is your gut. That's where your intuition comes from. Place your other hand, whichever one you're not using, on your third eye. And I want you to take a deep breath. And as you take this deep breath, I want you to release what's been going on in the whole year of 2013. Let's do it together. Big breath. Now keeping your hand on your solar plexus and your other hand flat like up against your third eye, I want you to think about something that you really want to have happen in your life, something that would benefit you, something that would benefit the people that you love, something that would benefit the larger universe and your place in it, and then as you think about that, I'll give you a moment to kind of have a, okay, let's take this deep breath and breathe into making that a reality. Now, this is going to be the last deep breath that we take, and I want you to Feel your hand on your head and feel your hand on your gut. And I want you to send the energy of trust to your forehead, to your third eye, to your gut feeling, to your solar plexus, and however you want to say this to yourself, I trust you. I trust you to guide me. I trust you to help all of these things that are my dream for the near future and for the expanded future. Help me recognize my peace in all of this. And we are going to breathe into that reality. Blessed be. Mm. Blessed be. That was beautiful. Beautiful. I hope that we all, you know, hope that we are. And you know what? Anytime any of us want to do that again, you know, we do it on our own or we can, um, I really believe that we connect, connect without knowing each other. So if you want to um, connect with the uh, energy that you get from listening to Charlotte, the energy that you, the support that you get from the show that you're listening to today, do that again. Put your hands on your third eye and your stomach and, and join us again. And I don't think we have to know that to join you in that. Mm. We'll be there. I'll be there. You'll be there, I know. Absolutely. Wow. I'm so glad we finally got a chance to talk. There's one thing I want to point out and something I learned. Sometimes when we make a request, it doesn't come through. 
and I have a funny name that I have for it, but how do you feel about when we do request an oracle and you don't get it? What do you feel the message is in that? Well, personally, I feel like um, it's not time. You know, I think so many things in my book is a perfect example of that. You know, I, I had this book in so many different uh uh, versions of this book, and when it was the right, uh, when it got to the right place as a how-to book and everything, then it happened. And so, you know, my prayers were not answered for many, 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 many years, my requests for all this. And I think that a lot of times when we ask for certain things, uh, you all the things have to be put in place for it to occur. So I think that, you know, it. I don't think that's necessarily a no. I think that maybe it's not there yet, it's not time yet. How do you perceive that? I perceive it as not being, I don't like the word ready because it makes us feel small, like children. Like, right. no, you're not ready to drive. Like, I agree. It, means, it means unable. What I see it as, in order to fully embrace and recognize, embrace, and integrate something into your life, you have to be energetically prepared. So I take that, you know, I like to put a funny spin on things. So I, I call that a girl, you need to work on your patience moment. <laughs> I love that, you know, and I'm going to take that, I'm going to write that down, put it in my office because I'm Aries, so I love that. Girl, you yeah. need to work on your patience. Girl, you need to work on your patience. I um, love yeah, but it. I think it's, I see it as a state of energetic preparedness where if you did get what you requested and the energy that you have in your energy field were to try to embrace it and it, and it didn't have the proper resonance, that it would be harmful either mentally, emotionally, spiritually, or even physically, um, as is the case um, with large, I mean, if you get, if you if you shock your finger on a light switch, that's one thing. Right. If you get shocked by lightning, that's right. a big influx of energy, and you're not right. going to be happy about it. So that also comes to making wishes. I totally agree with what you just said. I think that's very profound. Thank you. Thank you. But, well, you will have to come back because we have so much more we could talk about, but I want everybody to go to your website, personaloracles.com. There's things to do. You can play with this. And if you get the book, it's Everyday Oracles, Decoding the Divine Messages that are all around us. Again, the wonderful Anne Bollinger McQuaid. And this book is going to be the one like sitting beside you next to Ted Andrews. And it's just fantastic. really opens your eyes. And I especially love the, the stories that you included about celebrities. You have a very fascinating story about Michael Jackson. And yep. I love the one with Telly Savalas. Yep. Absolutely amazing. Lucille Ball. All these celebrities, you dedicated a whole section, had these fantastic moments that said, yes, do that show. Or, and they did it. Yeah. And they did, whether they got it from a dream or something else. Yep. There's all these wonderful events that help some of our favorite celebrities become the people that we came to admire. So fantastic stuff. Absolutely a Paige Turner, Kilton put it down. Thank you for putting all this effort into it and writing it and everything you're doing to get it out there because everybody really needs this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. All right, and I will talk to you very soon. I look forward and to And that is all the time we have, everyone. Um, we do hope that you enjoyed our conversation and that you learned as much as we did. Until next time, God bless everyone and be at peace. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.